What should we talk here. about? So, can uh, artificial intelligence, as it presently exists and is defined, can it land an airplane? I, well, I, oh well, that's a different question than than what I thought we were going to talk about. But I, I do, you know, I mean, it's like the pilot shortage is going to be solved because everybody's going to learn how to fly by talking to Chat GPT, right? Yeah, everybody's going to learn how to land. <laughs> everybody's going to learn how to land exactly. It's, so I thought it was funny that we're talking about this, but we're also talking about a story where we're asking, could you land an airplane? Right, so now I'm right. thinking yeah. we just tap into the Chat GPT and. That's right. Fire That'll that solve. Up. Yeah, that's right. We'll have to come back. So, but so initially, we've got a story here about. Uh, so this this is actually kind of got, was I was referred to this by our, our pal Rod Rakick, um, and uh, he he called attention over on Mastodon to a uh, I don't know where he found it exactly here, but basically someone asked Chat GPT, the question was how do you land an airplane, and the response. Was here we go. It's a little long, but I really want elemental. To read. Yeah, yeah. To land an airplane, the pilot must reduce the throttle to reduce the engine power, lower the nose of the aircraft to reduce speed. Yes, that's what it says. Reduce speed, um, and extend the flaps and landing gear to increase drag and reduce lift. The pilot must also adjust the pitch and bank of the aircraft to align with the runway and maintain a steady descent. Finally, the pilot must apply brakes to slow the aircraft and bring it to a stop. Well, there we how go. Many, Who knew it was that simple? Did, how many things did we miss in this? I don't know. How many things How many things are wrong? I can think I can count at least three things that are like factually yeah. inaccurate, right? Yeah. Um, Sue's the CPI here, so uh, we're maybe, so jump on me, Sue, if I get this wrong here. But so first, and you know what? I acknowledge that this is one of those questions that pilots have been talking about forever, okay? It's like, you know, changing engine power does that speed does that change your speed or your climb rate you know um raising and lowering the lowering the and of course it's a complex equation of combining both but yeah. chat, chat gpt thinks lowering the nose will cause the airspeed to be reduced that's what it says mm, here, quite literally I think that's wrong that's probably not correct yeah, that's a, that's a um, it says that extending the flaps will reduce lift uh, oh no! I think that's wrong too. I think that's wrong too, right? And uh, um, and you'll notice that not only did ChatGPT advise you to lower the nose, it also advised you to adjust the pitch, which I don't mm. know, okay. Uh, get lined up with the runway and maintain a steady descent. I mean, it's that easy. Just maintain a steady descent. It's like, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what the rate is. Well, just as long as it's steady. But, but it doesn't even begin to tell you how you maintain a steady descent, right? You know, it's like, uh, finally, finally, don't forget to put on the brakes, step on the brakes in order to make the airplane stop. This is just a perfect, this is a textbook example of, Jeb, you and I were talking about this. We were commenting about this just earlier today, how crazy this, all this AI chat, question bot things are right now people are just really really giving it way too much credibility um and uh you know they because these 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 ais and i'm a technologist here all right i think it's on one level in some sort of fashion it's fascinating and 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 it's the future it's gonna get better all right but the way it stands right now it's just like it's it's really optimized to give a good sounding answer not to give a good accurate answer and uh we see that over and over again. Yeah, yep. we do. We, we see that over and over again with humans. Um, yeah. Uh, without without the uh, need for automation. So, right. Yeah. 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 You know, and we because we had a we, we talked on the podcast a bunch of episodes ago about the, an idea that they were going to use some of these AI, you know, Chat GPT type st- things to generate 
um, flight briefings. Um, and uh, I think we were pretty unanimous in thinking that was a poor idea. Um, what kind of flight briefings were we talking about? I forget. I think it was just general. I mean, it was like, you know, when you call... Like a, when you call... Like a pre-flight bleep, bleep? Yeah, right. Like a pre-flight bleep. Wow. You know? And we were oh, going, no, that's that's not a good idea. And uh, I mean, I, I, and to their credit, I don't think it was the FAA suggesting this. Right? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know Lord of. knows they, they, from time to time, make crazy you know, suggestions, but they didn't make this one. I don't think, I think it was just some organization or person or pundit or I don't know what, but, uh, you know, we were quick to jump on it. And <laughs> this is just, you know, lower the nose to reduce the airspeed. Makes sense to me. Um, you know, the one about the, the one about flaps and reducing lift is a little more subtle, but it's pretty clear. And, uh, so anyways, well, yeah, nothing really subtle about extending flaps to reduce lift. That's just 180 degrees wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, so, so you're the CFI. Do you do do you do primary training or what? What do you do? I do. I yeah. do. Wow. I mean, it, I don't get a lot of training done because I'm, you know, I work full time. Yeah, right. So but, I'm doing this you, as a part time gig. But when you've done primary tra- flight training and you're experienced training people who are brand new pilots, I, I don't know how, what the question is here, but is this the whole process, people get it. I don't know. You know, what's it like? What's yeah. it really like? How, so you as a CFI, maybe here's my question. Let me say, Comanche Sue, how do you land an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> bet you can't and, do it in 40 words. Like no, this, I but, bet you I can't do it in 40 words. Yeah. I think it's really just how long for does me, it, take? It, it, it does take a while because yeah. you've, somebody's got to see it first and experience it and they you know just like when we all learned how to fly Mm -hmm. you've got to see it demoed first before you even can get your head around it what's going on and then it's the subtle things like the pitch and the power and you know when do you when do you use flaps do you use flaps all of those little nuances Mm -hmm. but 30 years of riding in the back of a boeing or a bus you know how this all is supposed to work. Gonna, so, yeah. you know, why can't a, a passenger who who's sitting in 36F uh, struggle up to the cockpit and, and grease one on? Hey, okay. Are you looking to talk about that one now? That one's no, no, it's just the whole thing's just ludicrous. It, it, well, it is a little crazy, but uh, yeah. So, well, anyways. So, so just, you know, I mean, the day will come when the, I mean, computers are already way better at helping us with flight stuff than they ever it's were. It's true. All right. It's true. All right. But this is a little bit, a step too far for the time being. And uh, I personally believe that they I will get so better too. at helping us with these things. But, but don't, don't, you know, in all things, you know, aviation and otherwise, chat GPT is not there yet. It's a cool novelty um, and it's a fun toy, but you shouldn't, you know, it's like crazy. I, it, 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 so I said to Jeb earlier that it's, it it kind of almost boggles my mind that anybody's thinking about cheating on their schoolwork with Chat GPT, yeah. because Chat GPT is going to get it wrong. Odds are, you know, right. it's like not even that it can write you a good paper, all right, that you might get caught for submitting. It could write you a wrong paper, all right, you know, so, and then you'd be then you'd be saying, well, why didn't I get caught so that I could do it again? You know, and well, you just explain to the professor that you're conducting research. Yeah, right. So, anyways, all right. Well, that's that. We've solved that problem. And on that note, I'll say welcome, folks, to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. 
I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you today from uh, the Hidden River Home for Wayward Aviators, um, and uh, where I'm, I'm down here visiting Jeb in preparation for um, us going on over to Sunday. That's who that person in my kitchen. That's right. Yeah, this is an odd setup because although we're in the same location, we're still using the normal voice over IP um, Zoom-like system um, in order to record the podcast. So I'm in the kitchen on my laptop, and he's in his home office on 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 the laptop. But uh, I'm down here. I just arrived last night, but I'm already really enjoying the nice weather down here as opposed to, although it's not so bad up in, up in Dover, it was starting to get warm. It was starting to turn to spring, what we considered spring. You you Florida folks, I'm sure, would be horrified, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. we were we were starting to get into it, and it's kind of getting nicer and nicer up there. So I'll, by the time I'm heading back there, it's I think spring will have taken home hold back home, but in the meantime, I'm down here enjoying myself. And, uh, you know, so I'm here, in, and what we're here in our virtual hangar talking to i'm talking with two of my good friends um one of those is jeb burnside also from the hidden river home or somewhere near sarasota or something like that hi jeb how you doing i'm well i've got this 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 house guest uh yeah uh, other than that you know everything's good you have a house guest who is just way too forward you are so so understanding and 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 gracious and hospitable because this house guest like practically moves in every time he comes down here he's gotten way too comfortable with the situation here yeah. um, you know, I, I know enough to clean off the kitchen table yeah that's right you know, because stock, stock I would have just, I would have just swept it all onto the floor and started from scratch um, and uh, so we're also here in our virtual hangar with a, uh, a a dear old friend of the podcast we've been been talking with meeting with Sue and visiting with Sue for years um, she first you were originally a listener I believe and you came and said hi to us um, probably at Oshkosh or something like that absolutely and uh, you might have been active ago were you active in the forum when we had the forum? Way oh, back abs- yes, yeah, I was. right. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it had to be like two thousand nine, something I would like guess. that. Yeah, yep. something like that. And 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 when we first met you, we simply knew you as by the nickname that you use online, which is Comanche Sue. Um, and so some listeners may remember us referring to you. We've we've talked about you, and I think maybe two of you on some dailies or something like that over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we're you know kind of on the lookout, uh, meeting with with friends here and having them join us on the podcast and suddenly we went sue we gotta get sue and, uh, oh that's awesome i sure appreciate it although we should have asked you sooner because we've asked you right in the middle of your busy work time yeah you know, that's day okay job, you know but uh that's um, perfectly fine yeah so like i said you go by the name of comanche sue which is because you own a, Com- a comanche aircraft right that's correct T- tell us a little bit about what's your i mean who who is comanche sue what's your story what, what- so okay so the story is I never liked to fly. I pretty much hated flying my whole life until I got the opportunity to ride in an airplane. And it is the airplane that I now own. Um, Coincidentally, kind of worked out that way. But I went for a flight and it was amazing. And I said to the, it was a co-worker at the time, I asked him who he took flight lessons from and I started I dove right in mm-hmm. and started taking flight lessons and then I bought into the airplane we owned it you know together with another person too at that time uh so that went on for a few years so I did get my private pilot ticket when I lived up in Michigan and then in 2005 I moved down to Florida for mm-hmm. a job opportunity mm-hmm. and uh just fresh instrument ticket and I 
picture it right now looking at the airspace for, you know, instrument flight rules in Florida thinking, how in the world <laughs> am I going to do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I, got, I got going with it. Uh-huh. Well, no, no. I mean, more detail. What, what about it was so, so intimidating? Well, just in comparison to Michigan ah, airspace, yes. very simple. You know, you got some VORs. You've got Class B over in Detroit. And that's about it. Right. Okay. That's about what's going on. And, and and if you really, truly fell out of the clouds and had to land and some disaster happened, it's like you could land just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you come down here and it's a vastly, vastly different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of traffic. Yeah. And a lot of airspace that you need to navigate around. I that's would imagine. correct. I've, I've never actually flown down here, but I've obviously looked at the charts and flown with people. And yep. so, yeah. Um, so you still have the Comanche? Yep, still have the Comanche, and yeah. I, I just kept at it with the, you know, got my commercial, got my multi, got my CFI a few years ago, got my ATP. Oh, my. Um, okay. Actually, that was a tip from Jeb, got to be honest with you. That was mm-hmm. listening to the podcast, and you'll remember back in 2009 after the Colgan mm-hmm. air crash, mm-hmm. then they changed the rules, and uh-huh. Jeb made the comment in 2014, he said, well, if you're going to get on it, you better get on it yeah. to get the ATP. So I said, oh, you're right. I better get on it. Mm-hmm. So so I got got that knocked out before the before the new rules. So I got mm-hmm. that in the Comanche, actually. Yeah. But then oh. I took up glider uh, flying down at Homestead, Florida, south of here. It's about 50 miles south. Got my commercial in the glider. And it, after I got my CFI for airplane and instrument, um, I, I did want to pursue getting the CFI glider, and I just got that done about three weeks ago. Wow! wow. Yeah, it's, it's congratulations. Su- That's, oh, yeah. thank you. Very it's cool. super, super fun, and it's just a joy to do it, and it's a joy to teach people, and yeah, just love it. Uh huh. I think I forgot to mention when I was when I was introducing you that you are based on the over on the east coast of Florida, right? Where, That's whereabouts? correct. Uh, Pompano Beach, Pompano. so just a little bit north of uh, Fort Lauderdale. It's where the Blimp Base is yeah. down here in Florida. Oh, okay, um, Dave, our our, our beloved uh, lost friend Dave Higdon um, loved his Comanche. Um, That's he, right. He had a Comanche for a while. He, uh, for family personal reasons, had to had to part with it at a, after a while. But he always talked about it very very fondly. Did you and Dave ever have a chance to compare notes about? Oh, Comanches? we did. We yeah. did several times, and he did love the Comanche. Yeah. So that was and, any you know, particular memories had... from those conversations? Oh, just just talking about the performance of the airplane and just what a great it i mean it truly is a bargain in one sense when you think of the gross weight that you can carry and the travel that you can do in it he had a 180 uh which is just you know in in airplane terms i mean it really does kind of sip gas when you're thinking eight gallons an hour um and it was it, it's a great airplane. It's just a great airplane. It's an old airplane, so there there's you know you can't say that it's inexpensive to maintain because it does require yeah. you know tender loving care because mm-hmm. it's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do want to shout out to both of you. Um, back in what did we do? Uh-oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it, it's all good. It's all good. 
I'd say, back, you know, when I first started listening to the podcast, which came from a tip, aeronews.net, if you remember that. Sure, sure do, yeah. Um, so they, they, that's how I found out about the podcast in the first place. And I uh, started listening, yeah, that was probably end of 2007, maybe beginning of 2008. That was pretty early, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you guys were talking about, you were talking about Sun and Fun, and, you know, through the years, of course, you were promoting going to air shows and so forth. And that's really where I got the, I mean, for one thing, when I moved down to Pompano, there was like no airport communities. So the podcast yeah. was awesome mm -hmm. because it felt like community and I got to know you guys. Mm -hmm. So that was really, really helpful. But, you know, you, you put it out there that going to air shows was, you know, read the notum, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can hear Dave saying it, yeah. you know, yeah. read the notum. But I, I mean, it did truly inspire me to go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a private pilot or I'm a commercial pilot. I fly an airplane. I mean, there's other people that are less, I mean, not to compare yourself, but you go, there's other people that have done this before and it's a safe activity. Uh, mm -hmm. Why aren't I doing that? Mm -hmm. and, and and that's exactly why I, I ended up going to uh, Sun and Fun. I think that was the first time was 2008 or nine can't remember which but okay. and yep. then right after that in 2009 i went up to oshkosh because i'm like whoa that was too cool i'm gonna <laughs> go to oshkosh very, very cool. cool that's nice thank you for saying that um so uh, well welcome to uh to our our virtual hangar here we're glad uh, that you're here and uh we're gonna kind of move on here and talk about some some kind of general stories here i don't know um we've been talking a lot sue in the past few episodes about two subjects that you may or may not be relevant to you to say and it's totally fair to say i don't know i don't particularly um first of all and i'm stupid about this Jeb is going to come down in here. I'm not going to say anything. I'm okay. I don't know whether a Comanche has a Continental engine or not, does it? Nope. Nope. Okay. Like right. homing. Uh, all right. We'll check that one off. You don't have to worry about it. It's an older airplane, too, so you probably don't have a, wouldn't have a problem with the, this whole Continental um, 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 ring. AD problem. issue. Yeah, AD yep. issue. Thank you. Yep. Um, but um, eventually, you will have an opportunity to make a decision about uh, 100 low lead. Um, and uh, as a, as a fuel for your airplane, are are yep. you what What are your thoughts? Have you made a decision? I about mean, this? I haven't I haven't done you know I haven't heard well I've heard things about it, but I haven't paid too much attention to it quite honestly. But mm -hmm. from everything I've heard, that it is going to be an improvement, you know, for engine maintenance mm -hmm. by using it. So I kind of go, why yeah. why wouldn't I do that then? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was. Okay. Again, Apparently, it's going to be not wild. well informed. The, the buzz is that it's going to. I mean, it's they're based out on out in the western half of the United States, and they're talking about West Coast being first to get it, and it's going to kind of migrate across the country. So it may be a while before it appears here in uh, on the East Coast. But but uh, we're just kind of like surveying everybody when we talk to them about this. What else is going on here? Let's see now. Um, you probably, oh, we just posted it this morning, so you haven't heard the last episode, but in the last episode, we talked for a little bit about all these weird airport, I don't know, incursions and, and near misses, mm -hmm. and, and it just seems like there's a there's a epidemic going on lately mm -hmm. of these things, um, and, 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 and Amy was with us last time, and, and Jeb and Amy and I kind of weighed in on, on what we think, and I'm not going to put you on the spot about this, but there is a, uh, one of the theories, one of the kind of notions we came up with was the idea that, that kind of just training is falling a little behind or getting a little bit lax, or people are becoming casual because it's been so long between disasters and things like that, um, 
we've got a, uh, let's see now, what's this piece from the Washington Post where, let's see now, uh, it's an opinion piece, admittedly. Mm-hmm. So, but it says air, avi- airline safety is at a breaking point. It says we can't wait for tragedy to fix it. This is written by someone named Lee Moak. I don't know who Lee Moak is. Do either of you know Lee Moak? Uh, I don't know him. According he's to the slug here, he's a, a former Delta Airlines Boeing yeah, 7-6 pilot. Yeah. Um, oh, and a past president of ALPA. Well, that's, oh. that's a thing. Okay. ALPA, the Airline Pilots Association. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want to try and, and, and hash out the whole article here, but the headline, you know, s- starts us off um, that, that the airline safety is, I mean, let's see, why does it say, have, has either of you read this article yet? Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what, I can you summar, summarize wh- what aspect of it puts it at the breaking point, according to this opinion? Go ahead, Sue. Uh, I don't remember what the breaking point was, but it was just calling out, just like you said. I mean, there's just more and more accidents. Being, you know, reported in the news, so you got to take that into consideration too. But you have more and more airplane operations, so it's really not surprising to me that mm-hmm. there would be an increase of incursions. And incursions is the, you know, FAA um, the hot button. You right. know, through training, that's the big thing they're always pushing is runway incursions. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to lay my opinion on top of this guy's opinion, but. It, I do think that just because by order of magnitude, you have more operations going out there than ever before. You're going to have more uh, incursions plus, you know, all the all the issues with training. That was the other aspect Uh of it is you've got so many poor people coming through a system and there's just bound to be more incursions happening one of the phrases from this article talks about the aging and understaffed aviation infrastructure so jim i'm sorry i interrupted you go ahead no you didn't enter um it's both uh in the cockpit and and at the radar screen level we've got a lot of new people uh coming into the industry um controllers as well as crews and um there's going to be hiccups like Mm -hmm. this um, on one level, and, and some are saying, and I've said this before, um, the system worked in the sense that um, the, the last resort in some of these incidents uh, was a well-trained uh, pilot who was practicing good situation, excuse me, good situational awareness. And uh, here, here at Sarasota, as well as at Austin, Texas, um, there were airplanes on the runway accelerating for takeoff. Um, as a, a landing aircraft uh, is trying to, to set down and already been cleared for landing on that runway. And, and both the arriving aircraft decided to go around. I was just looking at the prelim for that today. Um, there have been a number of other runway, pure runway incursions where uh, an airplane taxes across a runway without a clearance or um, uh, takes is actually improperly cleared to uh, exit um a taxiway, I get a parallel runway, use the taxiway, and cross the adjacent runway. But oops, there's another airplane landing on that runway. Um, so there's a lot of, of um, I think, I don't know, just, just confusion sometimes uh, among some of these operators, some of the players here. Um, there's a lot of traffic. There's more traffic than there was pre-pandemic, according to some metrics. Um and there's not enough seasoned people to handle it. 
Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. You got to point a finger at FAA too, in that <clears throat> they've been operating with an acting administrator administrator for almost a year now. But and what? While, okay. While, uh, and uh, having a, an administrator in and of itself isn't going to resolve any of this stuff. It's just one more complication. Mm-hmm. One. One more. Um, consideration in in uh, running the agency and making sure the agency is on top of everything. Yeah, well, but you know, knock yeah. wood, you know, we're, right. we're, we're still here, and knock wood, we still have that perfect record since '09. Um, and knock wood, it'll get better. It'll, yeah. We'll extend that record. Yeah, but um, some of these and. and we had a couple of really it's not close just calls the, the yeah. fact of these incidents, but it, it's the fact that there's in, in so many ways they're so similar. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, and fingers crossed. Uh, um, you know, be careful out there. And we'll put a link to this article in the show notes. You can take a look at it. it's in the Washington Post from uh, March 14th, so it's almost like nine days ago. But uh, take a look. Take a look. Um, this is the story that we we kept alluding to when we were talking about ChatGPT teaching us how to how to how to, uh, uh, how to fly. Um, our, our friend Steve Tupper likes to say, uh, "Half the fish." Every time he rides on a commercial on a, on an airliner, um, his joke is he encourages the uh, pilots to have the fish in in the hopes. He doesn't really hope this, folks. All right, yeah. he just uh, jokingly hopes that one of the pilots will become incapacitated and he will be called upon to go up to the front and land the airplane, um, save the day. Yeah, and save it the is, day. And, and you know what? If anybody could pull this off, Steve could do it. Steve could do it. Steve could do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, a throwback <laughs> to the old uh, uh, movie Airplane, where the, the crew yeah. had the fish and got sick and, yeah. and couldn't fly the airplane. Yeah. But uh, this article, in, uh, another a Washington Post article from uh, Andrea Sachs, the, is the, is the uh, reporter here, um, says, I think you can land a plane in an emergency. Pilots explain why you can't. And uh, the, uh, the, the big poll quote that jumps out at me right away is from uh, Patrick Smith, who's a commercial air pilot, and he's also the founder of the Ask the Pilot blog, which I believe you guys, or Jeb, you look at Ask the Pilot, right? I, I've, I've uh, read his stuff. Before. So it's fairly mm-hmm. reputable. Yeah. It's not like a totally fly-by-night, so to speak. Um, Patrick Smith uh, is quoted here by saying there is a 0% chance of someone pulling that off. Um, do people think that they can perform transplant surgery? No. Then why do they think they can land a plane and he's probably right so a, a true a true civilian you know probably couldn't do it I, I don't know but every now and then you hear a story about someone who's got a lot of time in microsoft flight simulator all right who manages to do something interesting with an airplane you know like uh, but maybe not an airliner maybe that's the key here you know but uh, yeah that could be the difference i mean that the one that comes to mind for me is just the guy last year that landed the caravan at west palm mm-hmm. beach uh, that was a very, like, that's a very good example yes you're right you're i right. mean he yeah he'd been in an air he'd been in that airplane before and kind of seen how things work but he had no clue yeah. he didn't touch the controls before so it's like, well, I, I think if you had the controller on the other end, yeah, that could help you. I mean, that's that's critical too. The guy in the in the article though makes the remark, well, you wouldn't even know how to 
use the headset. It's like, right. yeah. I beg to differ. I, I think know. most people know how to use the headset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 the example you mentioned from a while ago where they successfully pulled it off, I, have, I was always amazed. I, I was probably more amazed. I was less amazed at the fact that he managed to land the airplane, and that's pretty amazing. But I was less amazed at that than I was the fact that he figured out how to work the radios. All right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, really? How did, you know, it's like, I remember reading the transcripts of that particular incident, and one of the first things that ATC uh, said to him was change frequencies. And I'm going, no, no, no. <laughs> Why are you telling that. him to do that? Or it's like, you'll never hear from him again. Um, but apparently, I don't know if they did change it. Yeah, that was a remarkable So maybe that's, the, is that a, an, an existence proof that this story is wrong i don't know well and i'm not pushing this film i haven't even watched it i've seen the trailer but there is a, a netflix made for te- made for netflix film uh, available now that uh supposedly is a dramatization of a similar episode from a couple of years earlier than the caravan uh family aboard a chartered um king air out of naples Oh, yeah. Florida, headed north somewhere, and the pilot collapses at the controls, and, you know, hilarity ensues, as they say. Um, but uh, it might be instructive to watch that film and get some of the details of how all these little challenges um, were, were overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but without some kind of, an, of assistance or familiarity, Assistance from a, a controller, for example, in this case, and in the case of the caravan. Uh, yeah, good luck with all that. Yeah, yeah. I seem to remember seeing a story recently. It might have even been this Washington Post one that we were looking at about um, they took a bunch of civilians and put them in a simulator, you know, mm. um, and <laughs> and started them out at you know at, at whatever flight levels and okay, land the airplane, and I, and it was like near if not zero um, success rate. Um, so, uh, yeah. But wouldn't there be a co-pilot? I mean, not what about for, that? Not for long. That's a story we've talked about recently. Yeah, you're right. That's why the co-pilot's a good idea. I agree completely. Yes. There would be somebody yeah. else there to help, I would think. And yeah. There was, there was an episode of this just recently, wasn't it? Is it not in our in our uh, fodder? I saw something where it was just uh, this week. What's that? Um, a Southwest flight coming out of Las Vegas. Captain, um, oh yeah, incapacitated a, a few uh, minutes after depart. I want to say a few minutes. I don't know exactly how long. I don't know what phase of flight they were in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, captain uh, uh, became incapacitated, and um, I don't know if they got on the PA and said, "Is there a pilot aboard?" Uh, but there was a deadheading pilot for another carrier. Ah, there you go. Aboard, okay. who came up and and helped out and and was part of the success. Yeah. Now I can imagine. A, a level-headed, smart civilian being helpful in the cockpit as as the second person. You know, like if one of the pilots is still there and they just need another pair of hands, um, I can imagine that being being genuinely useful. But the idea that you're you're all by yourself, basically, perhaps talking on the radio, trying to land a seven thirty seven. Ah, it'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Well, what's next here? We got a. Uh, uh, what do we got here? Oh, Sarasota. So we were just we alluded to this yeah, a minute ago. Yeah. Is there more news on the Sarasota incident, um, Jeb? I don't know about news. Um, the NTSB prelim is out. Uh, I, I was just playing with it a little bit earlier today. Um, I, just from uh, um, 
what I've read and what I understood from what I read. Uh, another, it was uh, Air Canada Rouge uh, Airbus uh, on the runway, cleared for takeoff. Kind of, sort of, maybe, you know, took its own sweet time. Uh, similar to what apparently occurred with the uh, Austin, the, uh, yeah, right, Austin yeah. Texas mm-hmm. event. Uh-huh. And um, the uh, NTSB said, let me hang on a second, I'll tell you exactly, well, I can't do that from here. Um, the NTSB basically said that, hey, um, these two aircraft were co-altitude, uh, and I think it said 1,600 feet apart. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's close. That's really close. And one of them was, um, you know, obviously t- taking off, accelerating, um, but they were just, you know, seconds from from uh, swapping paint. And it's a it's another situation where uh, local controller cleared the arriving airplane to land, queried the departing aircraft. Are you ready to go? Yeah, we're we're ready to go. Are we cleared for takeoff? And then you sit back and you kind of fold your arms and you watch, you know, the, the, what's going to happen. Uh, it strikes me, that, you know, we've, we've been clearing planes to land while another aircraft is on the runway mm-hmm. for, a long, for a long time. Mm-hmm. It, it happens with great regularity in the U.S., perhaps not in, in other systems, but certainly in the U.S. And, of course, you go to Oshkosh or Sun and Fun, and you can't tell the players without a scorecard right. because uh, everybody's landing on a dot, and you try to get an Airbus to do that, yada, yada. Um, but um, we got to stop trying to cut some of these corners. Right. Is there a, is there a spec for yeah. how long... It, you're expected to take in position before you actually start rolling, assuming they don't say immediate. If they just say, you know, um, they just say position, there's, you know, taxi onto the runway and you're cleared for takeoff. Yeah. There's no, there's no pitch clock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's there's true. no pitch clock. Um, but, um, we might, we might see one in the near future. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, I, it's it's really up to the judgment of the air traffic controller, and I think in Austin and in Sarasota, some of that t- judgment was um, lacking. Yeah, I mean in Austin, he 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 cleared him onto the runway, and but didn't say immediate, you know, without delay or whatever the terminology is these days. Um, in a situation where the tower apparently couldn't see the mm-hmm. the airplane because of apparently it was foggy or dark or something like that, and so he couldn't even monitor what it's was both. happening down there. Yeah. So, anyways, in, in, in Sarasota, it was a dark night. Uh, it was well after sunset. Yeah. Um, but your big airport like this is not a dark environment, really. I mean, it's got well, a lot of not. weird, glary lights. I agree. I admit, but um, you know, the problem I thought in Austin was literally fog. It was like reduced visibility. Um, oh yeah, they were down the two. They were right. That was the whole point: is that this yeah. guy was on this 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 uh, you know cat whatever it was approach. And uh, yeah, okay. Well, well, I think what Jeb said is perfectly valid, though. If you if we did have a pitch clock. And some kind of tie-in with the AI that could show on the runway, because, you know, you could go be cleared to take off, and you could go onto the runway, and then you could hesitate, so you could stop. But if you had something that monitored that actual movement on the runway, that would be good information. Yeah, yeah. I found I found the reference here. That What's that? NTSB estimated the 
telephone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to mute. Yeah. Um, NTSB estimated the, the uh, horizontal distance between the Air Canada and American flights at 0.6 or six-tenths of a mile wow. horizontally at the same altitude. So that's 3,600 feet roughly. Wow. Um, and uh, the runway is, I don't know, eight or 9,000 feet long. So, uh, you know, do the math. Um, another, the other, another tidbit here, um, when a, the American flight was on a one-and-a-half-mile final, the Air Canada flight asked for departure heading confirmation. Now, it's not known if they were already rolling, it's, which would be unusual, uh, but basically it's pretty. it, it seems obvious that a mile-and-a-half out, while the American had been cleared to land, Air Canada hadn't started rolling yet. Right. And a wow. Mile, a mile and a half out is less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing. I, I know they can be two miles. That's when they got to start kind of sweating mm-hmm. it when they're at mm-hmm. two miles. But, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, anyways, all right. Hey, I want to uh, I want to jump in here for a minute and kind of um, take a moment to tell everybody about some exciting things that are happening um, pretty soon now. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna qualify this by saying um, what I'm about to describe is probably going to happen about two two days after we post this podcast. Um, so if you're if you don't listen to it right away, you've probably already missed this. But if you are listening right away, um, please take note that next week UCAP will be back at the Sun and Fun Fly In in Lakeland, Florida. Um, on and on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., we're going to be hosting the Dave Higdon Memorial Tie Down Party. Um, nice. And uh, so if you're in the area, please come by and join us for a beverage or for some cheesy poofs um, or to uh, share your memories about our beloved friend. Um, and if by chance you've never knew Dave, please come by anyway and say hi. Also, at 5 p.m. that same afternoon, we'll be recording an episode of Uncontrolled Airspace live from the Sun and Fun Radio's deck. Um, that episode will be live streamed on the uh, Sun and Fun Radio stream, which is at liveatc.net slash snf. Um, and uh, then we'll also be recording a lot of uh, UCAP dailies all week long, and we'll be just generally enjoying the fly-in. So please come by the Sun and Fun Radio building on Wednesday afternoon and evening for the Dave Memorial and for the live episode. Or if you just want to see us wandering around the fly-in, please say hi. Uh, and remember that after the UCAP festivities on Wednesday, you're going to be able to enjoy the Sun and Fun night air show. So anyways, I just wanted to kind of drop that in there. Hopefully you'll hear this in time and, and you'll be able to come by and say hi. We'd love to see you all. Uh, it's one of the first ways we met you, Sue. You, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's, I, it's. I come across a picture every now and then in my photo library of of myself and either Jeb or Dave or both standing with you on the deck. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, cool picture. Cool picture. What's next here? Let's see. I had it all all queued up here, and now I've lost it. Where'd it go? Um, oh, I know. So. I, when it comes to things I'm afraid of in flight, um, number one would be um, structural failure, um, which fortunately doesn't happen very often at all. Um, this number two, though, would be a fire on board. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we've got a story here uh, from CNN about uh, Spirit Airlines flight lands safely after the crew reported a battery fire in the overhead bin. 
So apparently uh, someone's uh, device batteries caught on fire in the passenger compartment. And uh, fortunately, it was up there where they would notice it. The tragic, sad, scary part is when these things, you know, you're not supposed to leave these batteries in your checked luggage. Um, so theory, but you just know they're down there. I mean, I'm just, you know, you know they're down there. But- I, I don't know if it was this incident or, or a similar one or, or what, but um, the um, possible reason the fire broke out was someone had plugged a power brick into some char- device to be charged and then put it in the overhead. Wow. And, and uh, I don't know if being in the overhead with no air circulation around it or just um, the luck of the draw that today the device decided to catch fire. Yeah. Right, right. Seems um, innocent enough. It seemed innocent, yeah. yeah. But uh, there we go. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to have such a fire erupt in the overhead on a scheduled airliner when there's, you know, scores of people around who could deal with it. It's a little bit of a different situation when it erupts in the back, in the baggage compartment of your airplane and you're all by yourself. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing because is that, it is a innocent yeah. thing you could do. You, mm-hmm. you could have it sitting in your backpack in the back seat, mm-hmm. charging your computer or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm. Have either of you yeah. ever experienced uh, a possible fire in flight, smoke in the cockpit or that kind of thing? I have yeah. not. No, I have not. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, knock wood. Yeah. yeah. That would be um, pretty sobering. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, yeah, the Spirit is, Airlines crew, they kind of did a good job. They did their thing. Uh, they had the first couple graphs here. Spirit Airlines flight was diverted and landed safely in Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday. What's the date of the story? Let's see. This is from... Uh, Second of March, so it's a couple weeks ago. Um, on Wednesday, uh, after the crew reported a battery in the overhead bin was on fire, the FAA is now investigating. I'm paraphrasing now. Um, involved in Airbus 320, departed from Dallas, was headed for Orlando. <laughs> they didn't manage to the, the passengers going, not Dude, only did I nearly you die, but you, couldn't, to Orlando. you no. couldn't have gotten me to Orlando. You had to take me to Jacksonville. Okay. All right. Uh, Talk about having committed an offense. I know. To yeah. Well, I told you the story about the airliner that I was on that had a mechanical problem when we were halfway to the destination, and they decided to not not to go to an alternate. They decided to turn around and go back to our oh, our, wow. our origin point because that's where their mechanics were. Right. Okay. okay? Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Anyways, yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, be careful of these batteries things. Everyone should take this very, very seriously because yeah. you just don't know. They're getting better and better of putting precautions on these on these lithium batteries, but they can still go bad. And, you, you know, please, please, please don't ever check one of these things. Um, and and keep an eye on it. Keep them handy and don't, you know, abuse them, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you know as, as you guys just described. Please be careful. Um. What else? We're actually reaching the end of we're not, we're not necessarily reaching the end of our allotted time, but we are reaching the end of our allotted list. No, we're getting <laughs> close on time too. Um, small airport aircraft crashes into floodwaters. Pilot parachuted to survive. Okay. Okay. I I, I don't know. I put this on the list. Um, I I just I'm having a hard time visualizing this incident. All right. Um, it's like. I mean, he was wearing a parachute, huh? Right. 
Right. Um, good for him. I'm glad but it helped. Right, how do you, you know? get out? Um, but yeah, what kind of airplane is this? Let's see. It's Cassett M11, right. which is an experimental, I believe. Uh huh. I think it's a single seat. I mean, oh, Cassett. Oh, not, you know what? I actually not familiar. This. Now that you mention this, I remember looking yeah. this up. I actually yeah, uh, it's a, it is a, a single seat, single engine uh, home built. Um, wow. Images. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So it's a it's a, a tail dragger, um, single seater, um, bubble cockpit. Assuming it's like the one. There's a bunch of pictures. They all seem to be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, tail dragger, um, um, bubble canopy. So you, you could pop the canopy and fall out of this thing if you really needed to. I guess. All right. And uh, and and that's probably he was probably flying aerobatics. That's probably why he was wearing the parachute. Yeah. Um, exactly. So okay. All right. Well, good for him. Um, it's just that's why we have parachutes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, have you ever have you ever flown with parachutes, you guys? Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Are gliders required? Now, wait a minute. Gliders are a funny exception, aren't they? They um, are a funny exception. Yeah, isn't there need a, transponders? Isn't, there's all well, kinds there's of that. stuff. But what I was thinking of is that now, and I'm really fuzzy on this on these regs, but so correct me if I'm wrong. The par the parachute requirement triggers. One of the ways it triggers is having to do with um, attitude of the aircraft. It's mm-hmm. like if you're going to exceed a certain bank angle or a certain, mostly bank angle, as I recall. But um, but aren't aren't gliders given a bigger window before I you think have so. to work? Before yeah, you have yeah, to I think so. Now I haven't done the parachute in the glider before because, and I'm just thinking I did spin training in one of the gliders, so. You would think you would need a parachute for that activity. Right, right. And I did not. Isn't there an exemption from the parachute requirement when you're training for CFI, for example? I've done spins and and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. when I was training for CFI, and uh, And, we didn't didn't wear parachutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. It had to do with if it was a training spin, basically. There was a funnier terminology it had to do with, you know, required for the – purpose of flight or something like that but uh i forget that's not what it was but it was like that um that's why you didn't necessarily need to wear a parachute to do spin training okay um, but if you were doing spins for fun yeah um right in you know then then you are required to have a parachute as my as i understand it and uh listeners are gonna we're gonna be yeah, think, okay think, get pounded on that jack one. jack at uncontrolled <laughs> that was jack. Yeah, <laughs> send it to me send them to me um so uh yeah I'm sorry, Jeb, you were about to say something? No, no I was going to say, make sure that was Jack. Yeah, make sure it goes to Jack. But uh, okay. you pretty much, I think, at least for Part 91, you know, ops, I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is not an un- – I don't, I don't think this qualifies as an off-field landing of the week because he didn't manage to land. But he did manage to get himself on the ground safely. And, and for that, it wasn't an off. It wasn't in a field. He came, the airplane came down in the in lake. In the so. water. Yeah, in the water. In the water. You Florida guys. So that's a story that's not on the list. I read this – I heard this story recently about the, the – I want to say it was kids. I don't know how I was at kids. Landed in like the Everglades in alligator country is the point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the they were out there for a while or something like that. Do you know what's uh, – Sue, it sounds like that. you heard this story? Uh, there, no. I've heard several stories of that in, in the, throughout the years. And there was a training airplane out of Tamiami hmm. that did land in the Everglades 
That was yeah. just like a week or so ago. Okay. And they had to wait for wait for rescue. That maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that I'm, right. That's right up on my list of things to be scared of. <laughs> I'd have to say. That's, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I kept thinking of. Yeah, Jeb and I went flying one time. We went up. We were headed up to the you know north of Florida, and so we're flying up the east coast of Florida, and 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 Jeb's kind of going, you know, look, we can we can glide to there and we can glide to there, and I'm going, yeah, but there is alligator country. Okay. Yeah. It's like you really. And but you know we didn't need one to problem it. at a time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> one, okay, all right. Anyways, so uh, yeah. Anyways, good on this guy. It's not an off-field landing of the week, but he did manage to get himself on the ground safely. Good for him. Congratulations. Is that it? I don't know. Is there yeah, another one? We got to talk about Whitted what? Airport again. What's that again? Whitted Airport in St. Oh yeah, that's no, no. Right. yeah right. Yeah. So St. Petersburg Whitted Airport, which is you, I, you, you've taken me there, Jeb, and I know you go there pretty regularly. There's a nice uh-huh. restaurant right there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, it, the, yeah. The, but the city fathers, so to speak, uh, of St. Petersburg, are wondering if that land could be put to better use. No, it's just that's real. What a surprise! That never happens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I, um, story in the. Uh, Tampa Bay Times from uh, uh, March 10, I'm sorry, March 9, um, um, the, the mayor is, quote, unquote, rekindling the conversation about whether the, the existing use of that property is best for the city. And basically, of course, the, everybody wants to build more condos and wow. get, get more property tax revenue. Um, but, uh, you know, there's... There's a lot of things that the airport has going for it, not least of which is uh, um, it's right there. It's right there. On it's the right in the city. It, it's right downtown. Yeah, it's the city. You, it's your walking distance from all kinds of arts and and uh, uh, restaurant venues and, and things like that. There's a there's a college nearby. Um, there's all kinds of stuff to do, um, and. They even have they uh, one weekend a year they close the airport down and turn it into a Grand Prix race course, mm-hmm. which brings a lot of people out and, and these kinds of things. Yeah, um, having an airport that close in is to me a huge boon to the local economy. Yes, plus uh, not maybe not as much as you know three or four you know fifty. Story condo, yeah, buildings, right. But. No, plus, I mean, and you know, so and people who don't know the geography out there, right? This uh, St. Pete area, this is is out on this sort of, I don't know, it's probably what's it called an isthmus, maybe or a peninsula. It's a little stretch of up area of land that's got Tampa Bay on one side and the Gulf of Mexico on the other side, mm-hmm. and tiny little approaches from the north and south. And and when you know, in this age of heavy rain and big storms and flooding and whatnot um you areas like that need all the airport they can get because those are going to be how how stuff comes and goes um during the floods well, not, not only that it's going to be yeah it's going to be how how people get rescued and where um uh triage uh, exactly uh is set up and and getting supplies in and out and, and evacuating people and things like that um there's tampa bay i mean i'm sorry tampa international several miles north St. Pete itself has mm-hmm. a, a, an international airport several miles north. There are there's MacDill Air Force Base nearby. You, you, certainly, you could make the argument that there are enough airports in the area, but they're not all going to be usable when the big one comes. Right. 
Yeah. So I, I just, people need to be, it's the, it's, the, I don't know what it is. It's, it's Reed Hillview. I've just been watching it happen at Reed Hillview sure. for, for sure. 30 years that, uh, the, the locals who don't care about aviation, but do want, you know, more real estate, they want to build more apartments or shopping centers or whatnot. And I don't think I'm being too cynical about this. I think this is real. This is, and, uh, they, uh, um, well, you know, it, it would be interesting to see, how should I put it? It would be interesting to see, to, to determine the, the involvement of real estate developers mm-hmm. in the area. Uh, did they even have a meeting with this mayor shortly before these remarks made, were made public? I, you know, there's all that going on. And um, that's what's driving a lot of this. Nobody, No one really cares. No one cer- Certainly in that area, and I've spent some quality time in that area of St. Pete, um, no one in that area wants a bunch of high-rises. No way. So, yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's like Mayor Daly all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, hope, I mean, hopefully I, yeah. not. Hopefully, hopefully not, it doesn't right. come yeah. to that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, but but it's the, it's kind of the same thing. It's like they all they don't care about general aviation, so they want the ground. And, right. Uh, um, and you know, as we saw in Chicago, they're willing to go to crazy lengths to to do it sometimes. And we're seeing in Reed Hillview. I mean, it's just like ugly how 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 you know you know how ugly they're willing to be in order to try and close that airport. Um, it's been happening ever since even when I lived there and I was there 25 years ago and it still goes on to this day. It's very, very wow. sad. Very, very sad. Well, on that note, on that happy note, <laughs> thank you. So we really appreciate you taking some time oh, to join thank us Thank you for the invite. In, in your crazy busy time of, uh, of the year. Sue, uh, Sue, who we know is Comanche Sue, but is actually Sue. So let me see if I can get this. Sue, so, Sue Folkringa. Ringa. You got it. F- Folkringa. Um, Sue is a 2,500-hour uh, commercial pilot. She's also a CFI, CFII, and CFI-G. Um, she and her beloved Comanche are based at Pompano Beach Airport, Air Park, excuse me, I think you said. Um, and uh, she and her husband, Doug, do a lot of fun flying from that base. Uh, her day job is an aviation taxologist. That's what she tell, told me to say, an a- aviation tax- taxologist. And oh, by the way, she's a partner at the aviation at, at the uh, at a accounting firm, Aviation CPAs. You can learn more about Aviation CPAs at aviationcpas.com. Sue, I forgot to ask you things like Twitter and Mastodon. Are you on social media anywhere that oh, people can yeah. say hi? Oh, a- yeah, Aviation CPAs for Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Not Mastodon, though, no. Yeah. And, uh, well, you'll, we'll get you eventually. Um, and uh, uh, are, you, are you personally on Twitter? Do you, is it like Comanche Sue or something like that? Or uh, I think I'm just under my – it's just under my, my name. Yeah, okay. So uh, – that's on uh, on uh, on how to reach Sue and how to how to hear hear more from her. Thank you very much, Sue. We appreciate your taking the time. And Jeb Burnside. Jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor. He serves as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine and as a frequent contributor to other aviation publications. You can find Jeb's work online at aviationsafetymagazine.com and also on avweb.com and aea.net among others. On social media, he's Burnside J on Twitter and. Uh, um, his uh, aviation safety magazine is Ab Safety Mag. Also on Twitter, on Mastodon, Jeb is Burnside J at mytransponder.com. 
And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most places with the all-one-word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, uh, and on Mastodon, I am Jack Hodgson at mytransponder.com. You can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section. Thank you, folks, for taking the time to listen. Um, if possible, please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, or you can make a PayPal tip jar donation care of the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. Just 10 or $15 over the span of the year of a year is a big, big help to us in what we're trying to do here. And we love to hear from you, so you can use that same email address, podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com, to send us your comments and questions. So anyways, hey, Jeb, you got any words of wisdom for us today? I, I was going to say something along the lines of, remember, you fly an airplane with your head, not your hands and feet. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying.